0: Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on March 27th, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at the $9.8 billion budget the House approved this week. We hear a different gun debate from one senator who wants to prevent the federal government from seizing firearms, something that is not said to happen or has ever happened before in the country. We have an update on unemployment in the state and starting next week, everyone in the state aged 16 and over can get the vaccine. Big news episode today, folks, so stick around. We'll be right back. I didn't go anywhere. I'm just kidding, <laughs> it's still here. Hope you didn't go anywhere. But we do want to hear from you, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from y'all about your daily life during pandemic times. It's been more than a year now, so let us know how things are going by leaving us a voicemail up to three minutes long at 803-563-7169. Leave your name, where you're calling from, and a little message, and we uh, just would love to hear from you about what's going on. If you're getting the vaccine, if you've been vaccinated, uh, how things are going these days now more than a year into this pandemic. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is ongoing, widespread, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 8,031 confirmed deaths, and currently there are 462,140 confirmed cases being reported in all 46 counties as of March 26 at 4 p.m. Our percent positive rate is currently 3.6%. There are currently 526 patients hospitalized with COVID-19, 128 are in intensive care, and 56 are on ventilators. Now, while we continue to fluctuate with all of our data points, the 30-day trend for our indicators continues to move downward. So hopefully, let's keep that track going. Sometimes it's plateauing a little bit, spiking here and there. Let's just move down. To date, 1.16 million South Carolinians have received at least one vaccine. 617,787 have completed vaccination, or that's about 15% of the population aged 15 and over. And as you know, those 16 and older will be able to begin scheduling vaccine appointments on March 31st. So if you're in phase 1B, keep checking for appointments, get out there, get scheduled. There are plenty of those still available uh, and we'll get some more information for you about this whole move in a moment. The big news this week out of the Statehouse was the House passing the $9.8 billion budget. Remember, there were supposed to be a hefty amount in recurring dollars in this budget until the pandemic blew it up. We Understandable. Pandemic. However, the budget writers didn't need to cut any state funding because we still had ample money left over for needs thanks to previous budget surpluses and other sources totaling $721 million. And we also had about $190 million in tax revenue growth. So that's some good stuff considering we're in the middle of a pandemic still. And that's money that latter money can be used for things such as teacher and law enforcement pay raises, which the House did approve in its budget. So again, an extra $911 million to budget with during a pandemic. Not bad. (laughs) Now, the House did approve putting a big chunk of those one-time dollars, specifically $500 million, away to cover any pandemic-related shortfalls during the budget year, which begins July 1st. So very prudent, some conservative budgeting there, unlike me. But the state continues to navigate the pandemic, even with encouraging financial data. In-house Ways and Means Committee Chairman Merrill Smith says this budget will change in the future, even after the Senate approves it, as more data becomes available about how much money is coming into the state coffers. The budget includes money to cover state employee health benefit premium increases. A potential pay increase could happen in the future. Stay tuned, state employees. And there's also money going for things like $50 million for the new disaster relief and resilience reserve account, which will fund disaster relief assistance, hazard mitigation, and infrastructure improvements due to disasters. So that's some new money going there. $30 million for broadband expansion. You hear us talking about that all the time. There's also more money going to increase education funding, K-12 education funding, and to put a nurse in every school, as well as increase school resource officers. There's $150 million for college and university renovations. $90 million to the Department of Corrections upgrades, and money for state tourism and marketing, among other highlights. So money, money, money. Now the $9.8 billion budget was approved Monday morning and heads to the Senate Finance Committee, where they will hash it out and make their own budget. Speaking of the Senate, this week we saw some action on the floor, including the approval of an emergency rental assistance bill that would authorize the disbursement of $346 million in federal spending for emergency rental and utility repayment programs. And part of that bill, $74 million is being split by seven counties with housing authorities, and the remainder will be administered by SC Housing. You may remember that they launched that $25 million rental mortgage assistance program just a month ago. We talked about that. Well, that money is already spoken for, folks. So there is huge demand for this as a result of the pandemic. Now, this bill heads back to the House, which needs to concur with the Senate changes before heading to the governor and getting his signature. So this money can hit state coffers and some landlords, some utilities, get some things cleared up for folks who have been suffering. We saw some more action in the Senate, including a bill to closely regulate plastic pellet production in the state, which advanced through the committee process following the pellet pollution that has been recently floating and washing up on low country shores. Now, these pellets, called nurdles, are exported through the port of Charleston and are used to make plastic products. A Senate Judiciary Subcommittee approved a sweeping reform plan for Santee Cooper and its governing board and would include state regulation if approved. A separate subcommittee heard testimony on the Senate version of a hate crimes bill, S-14. The Senate Family and Veterans Services Committee dealt with two lightning rod bills on Wednesday, the state flag and guns. Spoiler, both were passed out of committee to the Senate floor. The guns bill by Traveler's Rest Republican Senator Tom Corbin would define the weapons that members of the state unorganized militia can legally possess. Now, if you're over 17 and live in South Carolina, you're part of that militia. But as you'll hear during this edited four-minute debate with Columbia Democratic Senator Dick Harpulian, Corbin wants to ensure that there is no possibility of a federal gun grab despite the illegality of the bill that Harpulian argues. Take a listen to this.
1: Uh, to you as you know the the militia may be called up by the governor and according to the US Constitution um, uh, can be called up you know to defend our borders or whatever but do we want our militia members fighting with pitchforks and broomsticks or what so the logical I think
2: a nine, think a nine mil uh, a thirty six a all those sorts of things so if the if the federal government next year decides you can't uh, have a clip with more than a certain number of bullets in your AR-15 and why you need an AR-15 I have no idea but um, you're saying that would not apply to the militia that we would that our law would trump the federal law?
1: Actually Senator yes and I'll tell you how because do
2: how, I just, I mean, illegally, yeah. but I just wonder why. <laughs> now, just this
1: wondering. bill doesn't expand rights at all. It doesn't expand what kind of gun you can carry. It just says everything that's legally available to you now would be the weaponry of the militia. I think it needs to be outlined in law. And might I remind you, Senator, you're talking about this cane-killed Abel with a rock. If you are determined to kill somebody, you're going to kill them. Okay? So,
2: so correct? Am I not is, correct maybe, in maybe that? How far can you throw a rock? Well, Senator, Can you throw a rock 300 yards? Well,
1: Can you I, throw a rock? I don't know. David killed Goliath with a rock, and I don't, I don't think he was too close to him. This bill is to safeguard against any sort of federal gun grab, be it weapons, clips, components, or anything.
2: Under the Commerce Clause, you don't think they have the right to do that?
1: I believe that if this bill is passed, w- with the amendment I'm working on now for the floor, hopefully, that it would be locked tight to the U.S. Supreme Court. And it would withstand a challenge.
2: uh, Here's the amazing thing about this body this year. We keep passing stuff that's unconstitutional under the current Supreme Court rulings thinking we're going to, you know, this is what we ought to be doing with our time when, uh, by the way, in the last 10 days, 17 people have been executed, executed by crazy people with guns. You understand in South Carolina, you under South Carolina law, you can possess a weapon, own a weapon, uh, unless you're convicted of a crime of violence. A drug trafficker, at a certain level, is not considered uh, a criminal with violence. They can walk around, they can't get a CWP, uh, but they could, under your bill, could own, not under federal law, but they could own uh, a weapon if they bought it after, uh, uh, after the 20th, uh, after 2020. So, no, so uh, this your, your, bill... Your, this bill, listen to me, my question is this. Do you understand your bill would arm people who are criminals. Do you understand that? No, sir, it would not.
1: If you read on, it says who are legally able to purchase the weapon.
2: No, no, they're legally able to purchase the weapon under South Carolina law, but they would not be under federal law. And you're saying we don't care what the feds say after December. So
1: you're saying that there's a, a discrepancy in our state law now, yes. regardless of this bill. Yes,
2: but, but, but I just, I find it amazing. We're worried about the federal people coming and taking our guns. When was the last time they did that?
1: Senator, did you hear President Biden on the TV yesterday?
2: And I'm, God Almighty, I'm proud of him.
1: Just yesterday talking about a ban Mm -hmm. on so-called assault weapons.
2: Hosanna, hallelujah.
1: Okay, well, me and the people I represent feel differently, and that's why this bill is in front of you. If you want to vote against it...
2: Elections have consequences. Re-elect Donald Trump at 24, and you can deal with that. But in the meantime, we have a president who understands people don't kill people. Guns kill people when, they're, when they can shoot 60 rounds, when they walk into a shopping center, when they walk into a school.
1: Senator, if guns if guns kill people, then pencils misspell words.
0: Wasn't that fun? Don't you guys enjoy hearing that debate? I do like to bring you the debate so you can have some idea what's happening up here. You can hear the discourse going back and forth. And of course, guns are always an incredibly hot topic. I want to point out that Senator Corbin pushed a similar bill in 2013, but it did not go anywhere. But the Senate Family and Veterans Services Committee did pass his bill, S-614, to the floor by a vote of 8-6. to Now, not as controversial, but definitely a buzzy bill, is S-101, which seeks to set a standard for the state flag. This is something we've all been talking about for a while here. We've been seeing it, talking about it. It's happening. Check out Twitter. Check out Instagram. South Carolina essentially deregulated its flag design in 1940 because Clemson College, as it was called at the time, was tired of being in the flag production business as was mandated under state law. The committee considered two proposed designs after the flag study committee's original proposed historic flag was widely panned as a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Again, you got to check out our Instagram account. You can see no one liked that flag. Now, the committee did pick its preferred version of the indigo blue flag featuring the crescent and palmetto tree, and there will be plenty of debate on this as well, now that it's on the Senate floor. The preferred flag choice right now is the photo for our episode, and will also be on our socials, so you can check it out there, you can see it, you can weigh in, you can call your senator and tell them yes, no, here's what I think should be the flag, <laughs> et, cetera, et cetera. so that's 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 that. Now, the House is on spring furlough next week, and the Senate will only be in on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. So, just a little programming note there. Let's continue our look at the state's employment situation. The state's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate decreased slightly to 5.2% in February from 5.3% in January. So we continue to slowly drop from our recent high of 5.6% in December to now again 5.2%. South Carolina Department of Employment and Workforce Director Dan Elsey said in a statement that quote, our economy is recovering strongly and, in fact, doing better than most of our neighbors and the nation as a whole. Quote. Nationwide unemployment is 6.2%. LZ added that beginning April 18th, those who receive weekly benefits will need to certify their weekly claim, stating the reason they remain unemployed, and complete two job searches in the SC Works online services portal. The job search requirements were previously suspended, but since some 125,000 people are on state unemployment rules, with about 87,000 open positions available, and conditions are improving, LZ has reinstituted the requirement. Now, for a little idea about what the job market looks like out there, currently, leisure and hospitality are again driving job losses month to month, along with government job losses. Now, these and others were offset by big gains in utilities, transportation, construction, and professional and business services. Allendale and Bamberg counties have the highest unemployment rates in the state at 9.4 percent, with Marlboro coming in at 9.1 percent. Lexington County remains the lowest in the state at 4 percent. And real quick before we go, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen both testified before the House Financial Services Committee this week and said the economy will be booming this year while the job market still works to recover 9.5 million jobs. The Washington Post reports that some worry that the economy will not be able to absorb the massive stimulus package, and post-pandemic consumer spending will push prices up rapidly. Now, their worry is that dangerous cycles of inflation will force the Fed to hike interest rates, triggering a new recession. But we've heard from Powell before that any inflation we see in the coming weeks and months will be temporary. So... Drum roll, please. Starting March 31st, everyone in South Carolina, aged 16 and older, can sign up to get vaccinated. We did it, folks. Here we are. Huge, huge news. Everyone is now eligible Wednesday, March 31st. Come one, come all ye faithful. So let's get some more details from Nick Davidson, who's the senior deputy for public health at DHEC. And he explains how the state is able to do this now a month ahead of schedule.
3: Next week, our state will receive 160,770 doses, including a one-time increase of Pfizer of an additional 15,210 doses. That's aided by an increase to uh, in Janssen deliveries uh, up to now 28,900 for next week. In addition, Publix is being added next week as a federal pharmacy partner. We thank them for that, meaning that the separate federal allocation to pharmacies will be approximately 75,000 doses for next week. At the same time that we are receiving uh, increases in the number of available vaccines coming into our state, we also know that there are places where vaccine appointments are going unfilled. As an example, There are 403 providers across the state who now have available appointments. As another example, one week ago, DHEC had no appointments at our our vaccination events, and we now have availability at more than 30 locations around the state. So a
0: lot of things happening here. More doses and open appointments equal lots of opportunity, especially for those in Phase 1B, with just days to go until everyone in the state becomes eligible. And Davidson also outlines how DHEC is moving to make sure this becomes an easier process for everyone in the state.
3: Additionally, there are many places where people still need vaccine because they have not had a maybe local clinic event, uh, which is easy for them to access. While we will now be making all individuals eligible in the state, which will help fill those unfilled slots, we also need to get more vaccine and more vaccine clinic events out to all areas of the state. To do this, it will require us to adjust our strategies for reaching those we serve and continue to work with community partners to do several things. One, identify community champions to foster trust and engagement at the local level. Two, educate people on the importance of getting vaccinated. And three, ensure easy, equitable access to vaccines by making the process as simple as possible, including bringing bringing vaccines to where people are instead of asking them to come to us. As an example, our PD region has had good success reaching areas who have been or which have been historically underserved. In fact, of the 37 clinic events that DHEC has held this month in that area, 32 have been at churches or uh, other community centers. That takes great partnership by many local organizations, and we truly appreciate that. That's what it's going to take. In the meantime, we need the support of everyone who is eligible to receive the vaccine to do your part by scheduling and keeping your appointment. We've received a few questions about which vaccine is the best vaccine. You've probably heard me answer um, that, uh, and I'll I'll say it again, the best vaccine is the one that's in your arm. Davidson mentioned earlier this week that we we're going
0: to get about 5,700 Johnson & Johnson doses, but that was boosted now to 28,900 Coming next week, so that's exciting news right there. DHIC is still working to determine where those doses will be going, including to pharmacies, physicians' offices, and potentially events. So there will be a big lot of those on the market in the state. But I gotta temper all this good news with the fact that we still have cases and infection happening in our state. People are still in intensive care and on ventilators. And Dr. Michael Kochka, he's the COVID-19 chief medical officer at DHEC, gave this warning about a plateauing in our data.
4: We're always going to be at a risk for a surge if South Carolinians fail to take the preventive actions and don't get vaccinated when it's available to them. Uh, Don't practice proper physical distancing and don't wear their mask. Um, Any reopening should not be interpreted as us being out of the woods with regards to COVID-19 like I said, with the church services on Easter, safety measures need to be in place um, so that we can ensure proper social distancing uh, for any facility that is reopening. Uh, Widespread vaccination may uh, help us move beyond these measures someday. Um, But as for now, they remain as important as they were a year ago.
0: And DHEC is reminding people that they need to get their second shot to be fully protected. Get your second dose. If you're getting Moderna, Pfizer, follow up, get that scheduled. Now, there have been a lot of reports of people scheduling but not getting that second shot. You got to do it. Vaccine wastage numbers, however, are still low, according to DHEC, and the biggest cause is broken vials. We've also been seeing greater numbers of probable cases, and that's because of the rise in availability of rapid testing, DHEC says, which counts those results as probable if they're positive. But should you get tested even if you've been vaccinated? Yes, DHEC says. If you have the symptoms, you should be tested. But if you're fully vaccinated two weeks after your final dose, you don't have to quarantine if you've been exposed to someone with COVID-19. Just a reminder there. So, you got the shot. Congratulations. If you got the Moderna shot like me, you will likely eventually feel like someone punched you in the arm. Gets a little super sore there. But should you take painkillers before or after the shot to offset this pain? Not so fast according to an AP article, the concern about painkillers is that they might curb the very immune system response the vaccine spurs. Some research suggests that over-the-counter painkillers like ibuprofen might diminish the immune system's response. So CDC recommends not to take painkillers before, and if you need to after, you can. However, acetaminophen is recommended because it works differently than NSAIDs like ibuprofen. Also, don't be afraid to work that arm out and maybe put a cool washcloth over the injection site. You'll thank me. Welcome to our wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. So call us at 803-563-7169. Tell us what life is like for you. We've made it, folks. We are here now. Everyone's gonna be eligible to get vaccines on Wednesday. This this is exciting times. So, uh, that being said, AT, do we have any voicemails? I'm wondering if anyone's been vaccinated. Want to share their story? What do we got? What are we? What do we? We have? got some
4: calls. I'm not exactly sure. I've only read the transcript, and Google uh, writes nonsense in half these transcripts. So, hey, Google. Let's,
0: hey, hey, Google.
4: <laughs> no, don't do that. My phone. No, please
0: phone. don't. They're all turning on us.
4: Uh, sorry. Uh, Anyway, yeah, we got a call. Let's let's uh, unload some of this hopper. Let's go.
0: <laughs> go, go.
5: Hi, this is Caitlin from Columbia. I'm calling because I was listening to the most recent episode and I heard a familiar voice. And that was Bishop Andrew Waldo, who not only is my bishop, but is also kind of my boss. So I was really delighted to hear him and got me thinking that it might be cool to share a little bit of a glimpse into what at least my church has been doing through the pandemic, because I think it's kind of unique. You know, there was a huge shift to move services online, and a lot of people were trying the Zoom church thing or streaming on Facebook Live. And for our church, uh, which is St. Timothy's Episcopal on the corner of Lincoln and Calhoun. That was just not an option. Um, So what we actually did was we started doing our services over a phone conference call. So everyone would call in, we would do roll call and everyone would know who was on the phone line and we would just follow along in our bulletin and that's how we would do church together. And in addition to that, we also started adding in morning and evening prayer services To the point where we've been doing almost three four services a week for almost the entire duration of the pandemic all over the phone which i think is really cool um and i don't know that anyone else is doing that at least that i'm aware of um we have started to open up our capacity for in-person worship and so we're slowly getting back to where we were pre-pandemic, which I know our community is really excited about, but I just think it's really unique and uh, so lovely that we were able to stay in touch and actually get more connected than I think we were before by having this phone church routine and um, that's still going strong. So, just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, Loving the pod. I'm one of the pandemic listeners i guess who started really listening um about this time last year so i really thank you guys for your work and the information you're getting out and um yeah i love love seeing when the episodes pop up so thank you guys and uh keep on keeping on
0: well thanks for the kind words caitlin from columbia we love that glimpse into how things uh changed for y'all how you all adapted like so many things changed, and how we all all adapted to so many things. But conference call church, simple, easy, and like you said, very effective. So awesome, awesome to hear that that worked out for y'all. And yeah, talking to Bishop Waldo was great. He's a, a great person. I like uh, them bringing ancient
4: rites into the twenty first century be, from because of a pandemic. I, I think that's a good idea. That's
0: fun to hear about. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't need you don't need a, the fancy streaming if you got the phone. If you got a phone, <laughs> you got it. I mean, a- a- Anyway,
4: Gavin, speaking, speaking of ancient rites, <sighs> us us recording the podcast this way yes. feels like an ancient rite. It feels like we've been trapped in some purgatory and have been doing and this for... And I don't for, think the people a, a know lifetime, what right?
0: we do, how we make this work, how we make the magic work. AT and yeah. I are on FaceTime when we do this. I have headphones yeah. in. I have my headphones to my recorder. We're talking. He's making sure I'm We're saying We're both things, recording on our own Keeping side. track. Um, and then we do this and we talk, um, which is you know, just completely different from what we used to do, which was in studio, yeah. South Carolina public radio. And you'd be in the booth and I'd be in the studio and we would just do it right there. And now we're doing it from home. I'm wearing a tank top and sweatpants, but yeah. that's about to change. Needless to say.
4: Yeah, we weren't, we weren't <laughs> wearing a suit and tie when we were doing it this way, but yeah, it's yeah.
0: changing now. Uh, Gavin and
4: I are going back into the studio, maybe not next week, but the week after for sure, mm-hmm. we will be back in studio. So our yes. sound quality is going to, but, 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 but,
0: but,
4: yeah, no extra charge there. It's just going to sound better. But yeah. It's going to be double the price now. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, folks.
3: Yeah. So we don't reach make to our
4: Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the smash the subscribe button and and it's, become it's, Patreon because then you get lead uh, lead after dark. Uh, if you're a paying
0: member. It's just ZipRecruiter <laughs> ads. Yeah. It's all ZipRecruiter and Blue Apron ads. Like, and, uh, who is the target audience for those zip recruiter ads? Is it the person listening? Are they like, oh yes, I need to use this to find I'm I always just, hiring and firing. Always
4: like. <laughs> yeah. And I have no time to cook or buy sheets. That's like I feel like that's what they think everyone who listens to a podcast problem. Is. It's but a horrible anyway. situation to be a part of. We don't have any ads, folks. Up. I mean, we'd take him, we take it We did. We, we, we did for a we little bit. We, yeah, we, we had a pre-roll him. for a second, and mm-hmm. we had to put a disclaimer after it and say, like, "Hey, just congratulate us, okay?" <laughs> we were big time, <laughs> flying close to the sun. So, how did you? How did you deal with the the pollen this yesterday, oh, Gavin?
0: God, I walked out. I guess I hadn't left my house <laughs> for a few days. <laughs> it was intense. I, I walked out, and my like gray-colored car was was yellow. It was yellow. Everything is Everything yellow because yes. it's. I'm parked right under trees. I mean, there's no winning here. And I was just like, I'm, I'm embarrassed to drive this car right now. Like I mm-hmm. had a little vein, you know, I'm not a very vain person. No, but I not you. And I, and I said, "Give me to the car wash. I just, I, cheapest car wash, whatever. I don't really have a hose. So I couldn't just hose it down myself. I just had it. Me rinse you all use all a off. hose. I would never. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to turn it on. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so then I get the car wash. I feel good. Everything's feeling better, and then of course I wake up today and it's what raining out, rainy day. <laughs> but it, it whatever, need, it felt to happen. better. I don't care. It's gone. You know. I'm really
4: looking forward to all the all the pollen to, to puddle, and then the puddle
2: to dry. Oh, yeah, the high And water then you mark. get
4: like the 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 tornadoes of of the dirt pollen, which <laughs> is something that I was trying to describe it to my dad who lives in New Jersey, and. I was like, Dad, do you know how Southerners, they think, like, all snow is nice? Mm-hmm. And, like, they don't understand, snow. like, like the black dirt snow the gross, on the side of the road, and, you know? And it's not good. It's disgusting. Like, Northerners don't understand the dirt pollen Tornado. that whips the tornadoes <laughs> and tumbleweeds that, that like, get into your mouth and nose. It's yeah. disgusting.
0: And because when you, when you talk about the big snow that just absorbs all the... Crap from the road and pollution, <laughs> the it, dirt snow. It's it, disgusting, it, it, and that's the that's the stuff that lasts the longest and Forever. sticks on the it longest because it's compacted. It's become a yeah. mountain of it, and it's like you can always see it in like some parking lot, some shopping center parking lot where it's like the remnants. You know, it's <laughs> sixty <laughs> it, degrees already, out, but that that pile is you've still already had strong. like <laughs>
4: five 70 degree days, and there's still snow because it's calcified on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's coated. Yeah, it's I, disgusting. M- I miss that. I miss that. <laughs> I don't. I'm glad I don't. I don't have to deal with mall snow piles <laughs> yeah
0: or yeah or like the salt <laughs> on the roads with your cars yeah that's the trade-off you know we ruining your cars like, oh, anyway folks thanks for listening you know what take it out gavin well folks if you're listening on the weekend enjoy your weekend and if not well you're getting close to the weekend so keep on keeping on and thanks for listening to the pod show us your appreciation by leaving us a review or a voicemail at 803-563-7169 make it a five-star review please <laughs> I saw a three-star the other day. Not crazy about that. Stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. Also, consider becoming an ETV member. Membership starts at just $40. And If you pledge at the $75 level, you get access to PBS Passport and all the great programming your donation helps support. For the South Carolina Lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. If you want to understand both minds behind the pod... Eat a Big Mac, watch Fast and Furious. That's it. (laughs) This is our origin story, folks. It's disgusting, but it is what it is.